Hello and welcome to Venus in Chiron. My name is Brienne and I'm your host. So in today's episode, I want to talk about choices. I've been doing a lot of work lately with the Judgment card and with the Justice card and in tarot and in my reflections of those cards as well as in my own just movement through the world. Over the past, geez, like maybe, I don't know, let's not put numbers on it anymore, like a year to six months. (sighs) Time is weird, but something that's really been evolving and transforming in my psyche is my perspective on choice, my perspective on my own choices that I make, whether they're good or bad, my perspective on other people's choices and whether they're good or bad, and then also my judgment of people's choices. And with all of this, this has brought up a lot of reflection on how people heal and how we can best facilitate healing in other people. So (laughs) that's a lot, but that's kind of what I'm wanting to talk about today. So before we get into it, um, I'm trying to think if I have any updates for you, anything that I want to communicate about Venus and Chiron in general. Um, I have been a little bit absent. I've been living my life and doing summer things and feeling really, really busy, but I do want to make more time for this podcast because I love coming into this space and I love connecting with all of you who listen. So thank you so much for being here and for being patient with me as I've had a bit of a rocky and inconsistent season two of the podcast. I am expecting to kind of change my posting like episode schedule to be monthly. I think for now that will probably be the most sustainable for me. So you can expect an episode a month for the next period of time, maybe a bonus episode sprinkled in here and there. Um, But yeah, other than that, I don't really have any updates. I have a lot of things cooking right now. I'm in the process of streamlining some things. And yeah, I don't feel like speaking about them right now. I think that there's a later date when they'll be spoken to. So let's begin the episode. I want to start by talking about choice in general. I don't know what your experience has been with choice, but for me, and maybe this is me and my 7 million leap replacements, I've always felt very paralyzed by choice. It's either been that I felt stuck and unable to act on something because I'm constantly worrying about, is this choice for the highest good or is it not? How is this choice going to impact all of these people? And then how does it impact me? And how do I, you know, act on the thing that is best for me if it's going to be hurtful for other people. I feel like I never make that choice, which is a thing I'm working on. Okay, never is a big word. That's not true. I I make a lot more like self-honoring choices these days. <laughs> but in my younger years, that was a really big struggle. Um, yeah, but even with all of this paralysis, I think that what I ended up doing to counter it, what I would just would be just to like make rash decisions. Um, I'd get so paralyzed that I'd just make an abrupt decision. And honestly, I have gone on a lot of interesting adventures in my life from that personality trait. And I don't regret it. But it's been interesting because ever since I went into ceremony with ayahuasca back in October, 
I have been really watching my relationship with choice transform. I've probably spoken about this before, but the something that ayahuasca or whoever said to me when I was on ayahuasca, so whether it was me or it was ayahuasca, something that I heard was, Brianne, it's like choices are like choosing between chocolate and a cheesecake. And you need to start seeing your choices as choosing between chocolate and a cheesecake. And the message I was getting behind that was, you take all of your choices way too seriously and you need to chill out. It's like choosing between chocolate and a cheesecake. And so I had my big epiphany or whatever. There were other things that happened, but um, I remember coming out of my journey and being like, right, it's like chocolate and a cheesecake. And I went on for weeks and months after that. I would just notice all these little ways I get stuck on choice. And one of my guides would just say, it's chocolate and a cheesecake, it's chocolate and a cheesecake. And I would be like, right, okay. And it just kept recentering me onto instead of focusing on what is for the highest good, what is for the good of all, like this, like, uh, very good and evil dualistic perception of choice to know which one do you want? Do you want this experience or do you want that experience? And through starting to see choices as more of like choose your own adventure, rather than like thinking there is one highest and best path, has been a really interesting journey. I think a lot of people in the spiritual community, I think a lot of people in the spiritual community have this perception that there is like this highest path, this path for the highest good, the good of all kind of idea. And I'm not saying that that doesn't exist and that that's not true, I think it is one lens in which we can look at life and in which we can look at our choices. And I think I like to always keep that lens almost like, you know, when you go to the eye doctor and they're like putting down a lens and putting down another lens and they're seeing which one's making you like, you're trying to figure out what glasses to get or whatever. I'm starting to see a lot of things in life as like just putting on a lens and taking it off just so that you can see the different angles of something. And the lens of viewing choice on the spectrum of good and bad is one lens to look at things. Another lens to look at choice is through the lens of this experience and that experience, where there is a neutrality in terms of like what's good and bad. It's more about what kind of experience do you want to have? So I feel like we have like this well of lessons that we have the opportunity to learn in this lifetime if we feel like it. Like there's just, you know, you can put the, you can put the bucket down the well and you can wind it up. And when you get the pail, it's going to have any array of lessons in it. And every time you put it back down and roll it back up, there's just more, there's just like this well of lessons that we're here to learn if we want to, or to not, if we don't want to, but each choice we have is choosing between which lesson we want to learn today. (laughs) That's kind of the lens I've been looking at things at more lately. Like, for example, um, I this past weekend, I was supposed to... I had bought tickets to a music festival. And then I was reflecting on it later on, and I was trying to decide if I wanted to go or not. And for some reason, I wasn't feeling as excited about it. I wasn't feeling like I wanted to go as much. I was... I had a, an event the weekend before, and I have, like, a bunch of stuff going on in my life. And I was like, you know what? think I just want to stay home and keep my time off work and 
put that energy into Venus and Chiron because I feel like you, Venus and Chiron, (laughs) has been on the back burner for a little bit here and that's not really the way that I want things to be. And so I sat down with my tarot cards and I just kind of tuned into the experience of going to this music festival and the experience of staying home. And when I was looking at both options, it was really clear to me that one choice was not good and the other choice was bad. It was two distinct, distinctly different experiences that I would be having that would help me grow and evolve in very different ways. And what I needed to do was choose which way I wanted to grow that weekend, this weekend. And I'm here recording. And so I chose (laughs) not to go to the music festival. And I'm really happy that I made that choice. It felt like the most in alignment with my goals and with the things that I'm wanting to build and create in my life right now. But then again, if I made the choice to go to the music festival, there would have been a lot of really interesting experiences there as well. So it's kind of just, I don't know. I think lately in some of my tarot sessions with people, it's been a lot of people seem to want this answer to a question. Like, is it good or is it bad? Should I stay or should I go? And what spirit keeps pushing me to do these days is like, hey, if you stay, it looks like this. If you go, it looks like that. If you choose this, it looks like this. If you choose that, it looks like that. Which one do you want? Because I don't really think that there is a bad choice. I mean, I guess you can say maybe on like a human level, (laughs) there are choices that are like, you know, that put you in danger, like significant danger that cause you significant harm. And those would be choices that would not be in your highest good. I would say that's true. But like separate from the choices that put you or other people at risk, besides those, I'd say it's like choosing between chocolate and a cheesecake. So I want to pivot a bit now and talk about other people's choices. Because, (laughs) of course, if we're going to have judgment about our own choices and if we're going to be critical about ourselves and constantly wondering if we're making the highest, the choice for the highest good and things like that, we're going to naturally be projecting that judgment onto other people. And this has been an interesting exercise I've been doing for a while now, where when people come to me and share about their life, I really try to sit in a place of just listening and of just like witnessing the person and their experience to the best of my ability. I find that you can tell pretty quickly, you know, if someone's asking for advice and like they're just genuinely asking for advice and you give your advice and like you can tell pretty quickly if they really want to take that advice, if they really want to hear it or if it feels like, you know, they're just going to do the thing anyways. And I think everybody has that experience of having the friend that is, you know, never taking their advice, always coming to them for advice about the same problem, but never taking it and it always ending up exactly how they saw that it would end up but your friend just can't see it. And your friend can't see it because your friend has blind spots in that area of their life because of their unprocessed trauma. Whereas you might not have blind spots there because you don't have trauma in those ways. Just because I can see clear as day something about a person's predicament doesn't mean that they can, and it doesn't mean that they're ready to. And I feel like in my own life, I've had this experience of like, okay, I can see that this isn't the healthiest choice, but I'm making it anyways. And I've seen so many other people do this too. And sometimes I just feel like we need to learn through experience. Like that's just what we want to do, period. 
Like I know for me, I had this experience in the past with abusive relationships. It's like my friends could tell me again and again that this wasn't healthy and that I needed to leave and that this wasn't safe and all of these things, but I needed to work it out in that way. And there was a lot of healing that came from me going through that cycle again and coming out just a little bit different than I did before. And of course, that's like really painful to watch your friends go through things like that. But as I've gotten older, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at just witnessing it and just being like, okay, if they come to me about it, or if they ask for my opinion, or if for some reason I feel like I should share my opinion, I, I just try to share it in the most loving and neutral way with no expectation on them to make a choice about what they need to do with it. Because I feel like it's most important to just remind the people in your life how wonderful they are without closing the door to them being able to come to you for support because you're just going to say, I told you so. This is reminding me of a quote by Ram Dass around judgment. Um, I'm going to pull it up. One second. Okay. You don't know Ram Dass. I love Ram Dass. There's a podcast, um, which is a compilation of a lot of his talks in the 60s and 70s or whatever it was. It's, I think it's called Ram Dass Here and Now. It's a really great podcast. If you haven't ever listened to it, you should go ahead and do it. Highly recommend. But this is a quote from Ram Dass. It's about judgment. When you go into the woods and you look at the trees, you see all these different trees. And some of them are bent. Some of them are straight. Some of them are evergreens. And some of them are whatever. And you look at the tree and you allow it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light, so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all that. And you're constantly saying, you're to this or I'm to that. That judgment mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees, which means appreciating them just the way they are. It's so cliche, but everything is that has like deep meaning, (laughs) but the things that we're judging in other people are always a reflection of what we're judging in ourselves. And in the same ways that we can be judgmental to the people in our lives about not overcoming whatever experiences they're not overcoming, we can be just as judgmental of ourselves, if not more, about those things in our own worlds. I think about myself and some of the choices that I've made like that have put me in harm's way and have caused me a great amount of pain and suffering. And I often think back to them and I, and I think, oh, I should have known, you know, like I can think back to the moments when I saw the red flags. I can think back to the moments when I knew I was in danger. I can think back to the moments when my intuition was there telling me and I brushed it aside. And then obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, and then all of the harmful things happened. And I'm sitting here thinking, how did I do that again? How did I do that again? I thought I was past this. I thought I had healed this. Why didn't I trust my gut, etc., etc. And the thing about it all is that <laughs> I just am where I am. We're just ready to see the things we're ready to see when we're ready to see them. And when I think about healing, I see it as a cyclical experience, not a linear one. So 
when we're looking at (laughs) falling into patterns again, if we're looking at it from a linear perspective, it will feel like, oh, I'm back at square one, or I'm back at square one, or I'm back at square one. It's like Groundhog Day. This thing is repeating again and again. But when I see healing from a cyclical perspective, I see it as a spiral that's just evolving upwards and upwards. And when I look at it from that lens, I see that it's like, oh, I've looped back to this again. But I'm at a slightly like higher perspective now. I have slightly you know, my blinders are a little bit more like frayed out to the side. I can see a little bit more than I could before. And I keep moving in this upward spiral and it feels like there's just more I'm able to see. And like, of course, you'll keep having these moments of being like, oh my God, I'm here again. Oh my God, I'm here again. But if you really look at it a bit closer and with maybe a little bit more softness and a little bit less judgment, you can be like, oh, I'm here again, but it's a little bit different than it was before. You know, I caught it a little bit faster or maybe it wasn't as whatever the cycle you're repeating, it didn't repeat as severely. Like I saw this a lot with healing from my eating disorder. In the beginning stages, it was relapse, recover, relapse, recover, relapse, recover, relapse, recover. And I was getting very discouraged, but as the months and years went on, I started to notice that the relapses were less intense and I would kind of get out of them quicker and that the recovery stages started to last longer until it got, you know, further and further down the road and further down that path of healing where now when I relapse, because yeah, it still happens, it is a completely different experience than what it used to be. It's a, it's like a, a shadow of what my eating disorder used to be. It's like I'll have a week of not really being able to eat And I might have some voices and things that are telling me that I'm fat and I'm this and I'm that, but I just have this, I have so many tools and so many skills now to manage those emotions and those feelings that it just ends up being another opportunity to unpack some of the core of that, that wound, some of the core of what, whatever it is that is making me fall back into this, this pattern, this habit. And so choosing to have compassion for ourselves in the choices that we make that may be to our own detriment or to the detriment of other people and recognizing that those choices are part of patterns that we may be playing out because of things that happened to us that caused us pain and we weren't ready to see it or deal with it. And so we carried on with the choice, but also recognizing that each time we choose it again, it's a little different than it was the time before. And applying that same compassion to other people when they're going through something and they're making a choice that from your perspective is really stupid or from your perspective is really um, inconsiderate or careless or harmful to themselves or whatever the choice is. Maybe it's selfish, maybe it's self-sacrificing, maybe it's just downright exhausting to witness. And like, those are all okay things to feel and important to feel. (laughs) And it's not like I'm saying, don't feel those and feel compassion instead. Saying like, feel that, feel that that's like your reflection of it and be compassionate with your own reflection of their own experience. Because your reflection of their behavior is a reflection of yourself as well. Like I notice you know, something that I was told very frequently growing up was that I was selfish when I was a little kid. And it was 
made very apparent to me that being selfish was a very bad, evil way to be. And so I did everything I could to not be selfish. And to me, being selfish was the worst way that I could be. And so I became ridiculously selfless in a way that threw me into so many abusive relationships and caused me a lot of harm because I was absolutely terrified of being selfish. And obviously I've done a lot of work on that over my life and I'm in a different space with all of this stuff, but I still catch myself when I see someone acting in a particular way, I still catch the judgment of, oh, they're being selfish (laughs) as if being selfish is a bad thing. And, you know, sometimes it may be, you know, people are doing things Usually the times when I feel that judgment is when someone is doing something for themselves that causes harm to someone else and they're not thinking about the fact that it causes someone else harm. And yeah, it would be good if they thought about other people. And I can see usually the reasons why that person is acting in that way and the reasons why they're unable to see or maybe even care about the harm that they might be causing to other people in that moment because of their own experiences, because of their own shit. And yeah, I guess <laughs> the Ram Dass quote I read to you, I think I I first discovered it like in my early 20s. And I have been practicing turning people into trees since then. And I really have found it so helpful just to look at everybody the way that I look at trees out in nature instead of looking at them with this really intense judgmental lens, which is basically compiled of things that I haven't worked out in myself. The final thought that I really want to talk about in this episode and hopefully tie into the last two concepts of judgment and of choice is this idea of helping others heal. Because when I think about this judgment and our desire to give our advice to people and share our opinions and the frustration and the exhaustion that we feel when people don't take our advice and when people keep getting stuck in loops. I feel like this is all rooted in us wanting to help each other heal. And it I mean, ultimately, I think it's rooted in love, loving and caring about people and wanting to help them heal, which is why it's so frustrating and so difficult to witness. And I think also depending on the person and the circumstances, it's also just, it can be taxing to our physical, emotional, and spiritual resources as well. If someone is really in a downward spiral and you are in a position of needing to support them or let them go. So, I mean, with all that in mind, it's very obvious why it is so challenging to step out of the judgment lens sometimes with people. Um, But I really want to talk a little bit about this idea that (laughs) of you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. This has been cycling through my mind for a while, and I don't feel like I have fully formed my thoughts around it, but I've formed them enough that I want to speak to them. I think that there's a lot of truth to this statement, and I think it's a really helpful kind of belief to carry that you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Because I think that it separates us from the suffering of another, sometimes in a necessary way. Especially when we love someone, it can be incredibly painful to not be able to help them. And so I think that this belief is really important to carry in the sense that it creates boundary. 
But I don't think that it's entirely true. And for me, I feel like it's expiring in my mind a bit. And again, just wanting to bring you back to that analogy at the start of this episode of being at the eye doctor and putting the different lenses on. I feel like there is truth to that statement on this idea that like no one can help you but yourself. No one can heal you but yourself. I think there is truth to that. And I feel like it is important to, especially if you have a tendency, like a martyr complex, (laughs) I think it's important to sit with that belief and recognize that people have their own autonomy and really there's only so much you can do. But I also think there's things that we can do. And I feel a little bit like this belief that healing, only you can heal yourself and no one else has that power, is a little bit planted in the idea that our healing journey is linear and external. I think this belief neglects the depth and the complexity of healing. Like When I reflect on my own healing journey, there were many, many people who helped me drink in the smallest of ways. And while, yes, you need to have the will to drink, Others can provide support for people in ways that make it require less will, if that makes sense. (laughs) A story that's kind of coming to mind around this is um, I used to volunteer in a wildlife hospital. And sometimes I would be assigned to feed animals. So basically animals would get injured in the world and we would take them in and there was like a volunteer vet there and then there were vet technicians and things like that and people that knew how to take care of animals and they would like nurse them back to health and then release them into the wild or if they were injured so severely that they couldn't be healed then they would be euthanized but so sometimes actually quite frequently I would be assigned to animals that to feed animals that were required to be tube fed or force fed because they wouldn't eat And if they didn't eat, then they would get more sick and slash they wouldn't recover and they would die or need to be euthanized. So it was important to force feed them so that they ate something, you know, it was for their own good or whatever, right? I really don't like forcing anybody to do anything. (laughs) Um, It's something I have a lot of resistance to. I understand it in this circumstance, but um, when I was assigned to this duty, I, um, (laughs) I approached it in my way which was, I'm a bit of an animal whisperer, so I would talk to the animal and I would, you know, I'm thinking of one particular example of this, these two baby hawks. And they, I remember I got to their cage and of course I look like this crazy alien um, (laughs) with these gloves and tweezers um, looming over them. And so they back into the corner of the cage and they flare out their wings and their, you know, their teeth, their teeth, their, their beak is like, you know, they're just like trying to look threatening, but I can just see the fear in their eyes. So I'm supposed to grab them and force food down their throats. (laughs) But instead I just start talking to them and I just talk in English. I don't talk hawk, but through talking to them, I would also be speaking with my energy. I don't know. This is just something I've intuitively done my whole life. Um, but I would just be saying to them what I'm trying to say to them and speaking it through my body and through my energy, like letting it kind of pour through energetically. And I just comforted them. And I was like, hey, you know, I know this is all really weird, 
like, this probably looks like you've been abducted by aliens. I totally get why you're afraid of me. I've been given this food and I really got to feed you because you're sick and you're not going to get better if you don't eat. And I promise it's not poisonous. It's not going to hurt you. I'd really like you to try it. I think it's going to help, whatever. I'm just like monologuing, trying to give them comfort. And as I'm talking, their wings relax. They start to inch their way over to me. I hand them some food and they take it from me and they eat it themselves. And so I never had to force feed them at all. And I see this as like (laughs) the analogy of you can take a horse to water and you can bring the water right up to its mouth. You can bring it right there so that all that the horse has to do, it doesn't have to bend its head. It doesn't have to like transport itself. It doesn't have to like all that the horse has to do is stick out its tongue and like take that water and gulp it down. And so that will, some people still don't have the will to do that. And that's okay. And that's their choice. And, you know, that's where boundaries need to go up and things like that. But that's pretty sweet that we can do that much for another human. And I think it's important that we don't discount the amount that we can help people. Like when I think again to my own healing journey, I can think of so many little seeds that were planted in me that ended up growing into something really big. Like I may have said this before, but I had a stranger that told me that hugging a tree could help me (laughs) once back when I was like 18 or 19, which now you look at me and I'm a herbalist and I talk to trees. You know, somebody that I had like a casual fling with told me he thought I had depression when I didn't believe in depression and I didn't believe in mental illness because that was the narrative my parents shared with me. And, you know, I later went on to try therapy and to realize I did have depression and to heal that depression and to develop a really huge, massive career-changing interest in psychology and in mental illness and healing mental illness. Um, People telling me, you know, it's not okay for someone to treat you like that. People saying, I want you to be alive. We all have these memories of things people said to us that, you know, when I think back to a lot of these things, Some of them I was like, oh, wow, thank you. Yeah, that resonates. Like, thanks so much. Good advice. But a lot of them, I was so, you know, scared and separate and lost and sad when people said these things to me. I might have fought them on it. Or I might have just been like, like rolled my eyes at it in front of them and then gone and cried in private about, holy shit, I didn't know anybody wanted me to be alive. But they never saw that. They never saw the soft parts of me. They never saw the parts of me where those things hit a chord. And I feel like we've all done those things for other people too. I see it kind of, because me and my analogies, I love everything to be an analogy. (laughs) I see it like these little seeds that we're planting. And all of those experiences I just listed, those were seeds that people planted. And for some of those seeds, it took months for them to pop out of the ground. And it took years for them to grow into something substantial and life-giving. But they did. And, you know, they're still standing and they're part of like the foundation of what makes me a healthy, happy individual now. And could I have planted all those seeds by myself? Honestly, no. Could I be where I'm at in life without all of those seeds? Also, no. 
Like, even if it's not through people, like, books have planted so many seeds for me. Podcasts have planted so many seeds for me. Like, we are not living in isolation. We are living in complete connection with everything around us. Sometimes spirit guides plant seeds for me. Sometimes, like, walking by and seeing an encounter that two people are having plants a seed for me. You know, like, I remember so weird, but I remember at the beginning of my university degree, I was 18 or something, I just saw in the news that this guy had died. He was in fourth year university and he got hit by a car and he died. And I read that article and his friends were like quoted saying that like he had put his head down and been like working really hard his whole degree and he was getting he was in his fourth year and about to graduate and he was just excited for his life to begin you know he'd been waiting for his life to begin and the way I'd been feeling about schooling at that point in my life was kind of like you graduated high school and then everybody seemed to be going into university or going into the working world and the people that were going into university which is a path I ended up choosing but everybody it just seemed like another four years before your life began and that feeling really bothered me because I just didn't want to wait for my life to begin because I just were not guaranteed, you know, X amount of time on this earth. And I just felt like I wanted to get, get on living. And I should also say that I used to always drive by the place where he died. It was just like one of the main routes to get to where I was always going And every time I drove by this spot, I just remembered those words. And it ended up just being a significant motivator for me to get on with doing the things that I wanted to be doing and to face the fears and to push myself out of my comfort zone. There's so many ways that seeds can get planted. And I feel like every little action of love that you give to another person is like, a seed that you're planting that has the potential to grow into something life-changing. And not every seed is going to germinate or grow, and that's okay, but we can and we do absolutely and significantly facilitate each other's healing. Of course, the other person needs to have the will to change, but we can help give them that will through love or through healthy boundaries not through enabling behavior, through compassion, through sharing our own pieces of wisdom. I really honestly feel like we have the power to transform each other's lives. And I think that that's really important to realize. Just as much as people have the power to really tear people down and destroy them and hurt them, we have just as much power to build people up and to heal them and to help them grow and to help them embody their authentic fucking magicalness, (laughs) which is, you know, a huge reason why I created this podcast. Yeah. Do I have anything else to add to this monologue that I just went on? Okay. One more, one more thought I want to say, and that's that we don't heal people through trying to change them or trying to fix them. We do it by witnessing them. We do it by loving them exactly as they are and by reflecting back to them when we can see their true essence under all the layers of pain and trauma and abuse and whatever they've experienced. 
a lot of times when we're acting in ways that are causing us harm or are causing other people harm, it's because we don't feel like who we are underneath it all is lovable or is worthy or is enough. When someone can, like I think about myself, when I'm acting in ways that are, you know, I have a tendency sometimes in relationships to become very submissive and to dismiss my needs. And I'll do that a lot because I will feel like my needs are selfish and that it is bad for me to have needs and so I shouldn't have them. And that if I do have needs and I do express my needs, then I won't be loved. And on my healing journey, what I've noticed is there isn't a single like external thing that anybody can say really that will soothe me in those moments. But one of the ways that I support myself through an experience like this is to fully witness that part of myself that feels like it's selfish to have needs, that feels like I can't speak up for myself, that feels like that's a bad thing to do. I just fully witness her and I just hold that part of myself. And I just soothe her and I just let her know that's not true. And I just let her know that she is loved completely, even with every need that she might ever have. (laughs) And that's obviously a thing that I've been working on for a while and I have a lot of awareness of and sort through frequently. But when somebody can hold that space for you as well, like we can all do that for ourselves. And I think in our personal journeys, that's always the way to go. It's, you know, we can't expect other people to do that stuff for us, but it's pretty cool when you can be that for someone. I think about how I interact with myself when I'm in a wounded space, and so I just try to do that for other people. And I don't always do it, you know, I might accidentally give too much advice and things like that, (laughs) which is okay, but I really strive to be a person that can just witness and just hold and just be present with a person's vulnerabilities and weaknesses and 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 those like most painful feelings and just hold them and say that's not true that doesn't have to be true like hey do you remember that you're this do you remember that you're divine do you remember that you're magic but really like give space for all of those wounded parts to exist and have compassion for the person and they're feeling that that that's true and that's real because there was probably a time in their life where everything in their reality was telling them it was true and that it was real and they might still be in that space and that's really hard so yeah just a final note that anytime we're trying to change someone like actively trying to change someone like that's about us it's not about them that's us projecting onto someone that there's some other way that they should be other than exactly as they are. And so we turn it back on ourselves. Like, who am I to say that the experience that someone else is having isn't the experience that they need or want? It might be harmful, like hurtful to witness. And you might need to have firmer boundaries and that's painful and like all of that's true. But I think there's something so powerful about acceptance and about accepting people exactly as they are. I think that most of us grew up in homes where that wasn't the case, where we needed to perform in a particular way, 
We needed to sit quietly at the table. We needed to, you know, just there's a million different things that (laughs) you needed to do as a kid in order to be loved. And I don't know if that's possible to avoid because there is, you know, there are lessons to learn about how to be a human. And people need structure. And, you know, we all have varying degrees of trauma from the ways that we were raised and from other experiences after that. But all that said, like, I just really feel like in my personal experience, the more I can accept people for exactly as they are, the more space it seems that they have to heal and the more I'm able to support them, especially because even letting go of the idea that there's some other way they should be also just takes a load off of me in terms of my stress for them. Like it really, it actually kind of distances me in the sense of it's like, well, this is their process. This is what they're doing. I don't have control over this. This is what they feel they need to do. And I need to respect that because I'm not them. I don't know. I know this is so, there's, there's so many more complications. Every time I, this is the problem with me, you know, I'm going down all the other pathways and like, I just know, like, I know this is all, all this territory is so, it's so complicated. It's so difficult. There's so many circumstances where like, it's just not easy. It's not easy at all. And I'm not trying to paint it like it is, but these are just some reflections I've had in my life around around healing and helping people heal some things that I've noticed have really worked for me and some things that haven't and yeah I think that's all I have to say about this so it's that time of the episode I'm gonna go as always I hope you have the most wonderful of days wherever you are and um yeah feel free to follow me on instagram venus and chiron or uh, check out my website, venusandchiron.ca. You can also email me, venusandchiron at gmail.com. All the info's in the show notes. Have a wonderful day. Bye.